Given how quickly and dramatically consumer behavior is changing, there's a lot retailers and consumer goods companies are taking away from other regions when building their commerce strategies. So in this episode of Tech Transformation, I'm talking with Chan and Sawney, Director of Global E-Commerce at Johnson & Johnson Consumer Health, about some of the ways consumers are engaging differently with brands and retailers, and where she's seeing retailers invest to meet these needs. We're talking about the technologies that are used to apply these learnings across functions and segments, and also about why sometimes this just doesn't work. Stay tuned for that and more on this episode of Tech Transformation. Welcome to Tech Transformation with CGT and RIS News. I'm Lisa Johnson, the Editor-in-Chief of CGT. On Tech Transformation, we bring in a wide variety of experts to talk about the trends and the technologies impacting the retail and consumer goods space. Now, we're really fortunate today to have Shannon Sawney, Director of Global E-Commerce at Johnson & Johnson Consumer Health, because she not only has deep knowledge of the digital commerce experience, but also some really insightful perspective on what can resonate across regions and what learnings we can take from different regions and what sometimes we can't. So, Chanan, welcome. Hi, Lisa. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's awesome to have you here. Uh, Get us started. Tell us just a little bit about yourself. Give us the 30-second background on yourself. (laughs) Okay. Um, I'm Chanan Sani, um, a digital commercial leader by day and mom by night. And I think it's precisely why I have a superpower that I can sell any product to any demographic on any (laughs) channel. Um, after starting my career in sales, actually, I moved to brand marketing, post which I pivoted to everything digital. And currently, I lead the global e-commerce squad at Johnson & Johnson Consumer Health and work very closely across markets, across commercial teams, as well as functions, uh, because, you know, it's an end-to-end business uh, to build our strategy on this channel. Oh, I love your superpower. <laughs> what, <laughs> what are you focused on right now that's really consuming you? Uh, that's a million dollar question. But um, I think currently, because we ended the year and we were in planning, so we've been working very closely with the regions on cross-functional capabilities, as well as what is needed to embed e-commerce successfully. What's consuming me most is how different each region is uh, in terms of e-commerce maturity, as well as how different the trends are for the same categories in different parts of the world. And uh, which is why I think, you know, there are just multiple initiatives that we do. There are just multiple cross-function things that we do. And this is where the most exciting part of the career is. But this is also where a lot is always going on. I'm glad you brought that up. I, I wanted to start us out by talking about some of the most recent consumer behavior shifts that you're seeing retailers try to adapt to uh, and how these shifts are, are different across regions. So what can you tell us? So, um, again, I think, you know, each region is very unique in where it is when it comes to e-commerce. So when we look at North America specifically, for example, just like you framed it, right? The consumer behavior is different, but also the customer behavior is different. Mm. So a lot of retailers you'll see are building capabilities today for click and collect. Uh, They're building capabilities on retail media, on logistics to enable the click and collect. Because as consumers tend to go back to stores, they also want to keep the convenience of shopping online. So they have gotten used to shopping online. They've realized it's convenient, but they've also started going back to stores. They want to touch and feel. They want to pick it up immediately. So that's where a lot of 
innovation is beginning to happen. A lot of data process tech is sort of building up. On the other side, uh, with MER, retailers are actually now investing in building their own tech and data infrastructure so they can improve the consumer experience because they are now beginning to personalize consumer journeys and beginning to personalize, you know, what they they should see as their digital shelf. And also most retailers are now partnering with last mile delivery apps to equip themselves to lead the quick commerce channel, because I think quick commerce channel is now almost as big or getting as big as your pure play and your omni. So that's that's where a lot of retailers are working cross-functionally. In APAC, I think retailers have been doing a lot for a long period of time now. Mm -hmm. So they are now data rich and they've actually moved to the other side where they are extending loyalty um, by building entertainment and engagement on their shopping apps. They're also enabled for mobile payment services. They deliver same or next day. And now they've also built their own ecosystem to pick up returns. So a lot of that is where APAC is. And while the lockdowns, I feel, hampered some part of growth of e-commerce in some key markets there, but the moment they lifted, this channel has seen a resurgence, which we are definitely hoping will continue into 23. So how do you take, can you give us an example of how you take learnings from, you know, a more digitally mature region and then carry them over to a less digitally mature region? Um, I'd love to hear how this works and I'd love to hear, you know, we love learning from our mistakes, but maybe something you tried and, and didn't, didn't quite work. Oh, yes, I think we hit and miss all the time. But uh, that's that's where we sort of come together and then learn faster. So I think recently we scaled the learnings on funneling customer data into our own ecosystems across regions. And because, you know, it is so critical to attribute sale to the right channel, to build mutually profitable models, all our business planning depends on that. So it was to be able to connect two dots that were looking very different, but were of part of the same line. And that was something that we tried to scale across regions once we uh, did pilot and one in one. It also allowed us to funnel back the exact insights to our brand and cross-functional teams. So we were able to link the data, not just from a mutual profitability standpoint, but also from like an insight standpoint. Uh, but again, like, you know, like, we were just talking about each region's different on its maturity curve. So some learnings become very hard to scale. So uh, from a not such a good win perspective, I think uh, social commerce works very differently across regions. So while influencer marketing and penetration of popular platforms like Instagram, TikTok are all pervasive and pretty much commonly all pervasive, the mm-hmm. overall ecosystem that is required to make social commerce a scaled Uh, model is very different. So unfortunately, there are efforts to scale learnings did not have the same impact across markets. Can you talk a little bit about how about the differences? Or is it is it the platforms? Is it how consumers engage with the platforms that are different in regions? Or can you is there any other insight you can share? I think again, like my personal point of view there is that Consumers are different, but also like the back end of a lot of what enables social commerce and like, you know, leads from discovery to delivery is very different. So I, I while the organizations might be the same, they have to lift different uh, things in their own 
sort of backend to be able to enable this. And I think that's where the difference comes that I, I, I think, again, personally, I feel very strongly that the need is there and social commerce is just uh, going to be the most natural thing because as humans, we are social, as our interactions are social. So why, why shouldn't our purchase be social? But it's just about how quickly it will move and how actively it will move. So it's quite there in APAC. We are seeing wins in EMEA and I think it North America is just about how fast social commerce actually ends up having a success model here. Okay, that's interesting. It makes a lot of sense. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about another type of technology that's and that's generative AI. Um, it's you know probably one of the most buzzed about topics. It's, you can see it going through the hype cycle, um, but it, I don't want to say it undeniably is going to have an impact, but it seems to be very clear that it, it certainly will have some kind of impact. What that's going to be, not quite sure yet. So I'd love to get your perspective on you know whether it's tools like ChatGPT or maybe um, you know some of the image generation tools. Where do you see the potential for them to transform retail and consumer goods specifically? It is, I think, got all the hype because out of all the latest mm-hmm. innovations that are there in this ever-changing world of technology, this one has my full heart. And like I'm talking about mm-hmm. ChatGPT, I think I'm so glad that I'm part of a generation that is seeing this come to life and come to life not just across industries, but also across need states. Uh, so I think personally, one of the biggest potential areas where AI can actually help e-commerce uh, is the customized messaging part, right? So it is able to have a super personalized message that can actually be scaled to billions of impressions that can actually help increase sale as well as build loyalty when it's done rightly at bottom of funnel. And I think that could be like a very strong use case for CPG. Then there are others in terms of, like you said, image recognition. It could be the one thing that can bring engagement like to a whole different level because it just understands you. It understands your history. So all of those, I feel, are very exciting parts of uh, AI and chat GPT. Are there any other upstream technologies that you think the industry prepare for, should prepare for? Maybe they won't have quite the acceleration as we're seeing right now as chat GPT, but is there anything else that you have your eye on? Um, because, uh, you know, e-commerce is essentially a sales channel. Uh, it's basically like a business of transactions. So I think besides AI and machine learning, the industry should be prepared or actually must be prepared for the many upcoming fintech technologies that are there. Like I said, I call it a business of transactions, right? So we will have to be ready for servicing all types of transactions, whether it is crypto, online wallets, we should be, you know, accessing or rewarding uh, consumers with points. We should be able to have family sharing and so many other benefits that allow us to bring in new consumers that are moving, you know, to these technologies as their first native technology. But it also allows us to resell more to existing ones because then you're able to sort of build like a full ecosystem. You're able to reward them. So I I do believe that the fintech piece is a very exciting one and we should keep our eyes on that. The other piece, and I don't have to say it, like I think it's been said enough, is like this entire retail media consolidation um, aspect where I think now with every retailer which is joining the media bad wagon, we as organizations will have to prepare for the new media planning principles. 
and it will continue to evolve and they will look very, very different from what they do today. But that's where I feel the industry is moving to. So let's talk a little bit about or talk a little bit to the providers of these technologies. Um, you and I, when you and I first met, we had a really interesting conversation. <laughs> I see you laughing um, about what you like to accomplish at uh, trade shows and summits. Um, and one of your pieces of advice for the technology providers was essentially just get to the point. And when you're on the expo floor and you're talking to them, you really want them to just quickly demonstrate value to you. So for other providers of these new emerging existing technologies, you know, how, what's your advice for them on being good partners with, with consumer goods and, and retail um, and retailers? I mean, I was laughing because now that you say it in hindsight, it sounds sort of abrupt, but. Um, but I think that's the point, right? I mean, and I think that's why I liked it because it was just, you know, be, you know, be succinct, right? Tell, tell me exactly. why this matters. Yeah. So maybe I will rephrase it. So I will rephrase it to uh, what is the one thing that you can actually bring to the table that will be unique and differentiated for us? Or or more likely, like, you know, I think very recently at a summit, the only thing that I kept saying was, uh, okay, fine, I understand that there is a suite of uh, services that are there. But what is the one thing that I will actually regret not partnering with you on, right? Like I will walk away and then I'll see either competition activating that or I'll see another brand activating it. And what is it that's going to like make me lose sleep? So basically get to the point essentially in terms of like what is the one thing that differentiates you uh, that actually brings connection to my business helps me land my business better I think those are uh, the points that are important for me to look at like when I meet with uh, a lot of these um, you know providers because these shows and these summits are critical for an industry that is changing at such a rapid pace and uh, CPGs actually get to understand more where the developments are and where innovations are going to help us get closer to consumer, uh, what are the best examples out there of other partners having done other sort of scaled multiple use cases with competition, as well as, you know, share our own experiences. So I find these like very critical hotspots where there's a lot of exchange of information of the right information. Uh, so I think we just need solution providers to help us understand their solution by either quantifying the impact that it can have on our business or, uh, you know, something that will help us win and win big. I think those are, that's good uh, food for thought for, for our listeners. Uh, okay, so for our final question, um, I stole this question from Andy Walter. For anyone who's listening is not familiar with Andy, <laughs> I think I think many of you are, but he's a longtime uh, Procter & Gamble IT executive. He's a close partner of the CGT and RAS brands. Um, and he's asked this at previous events, and I really like it, so I'm going to steal it. Imagine I'm a genie coming out of a bottle, and I can grant you one wish on anything you want in this area. Uh, and we'll expand this to just digital commerce, not necessarily yeah. working with providers. But what would that wish be? One wish would be governance. Uh, you know, I think it's not just us, but for the entire industry, if we can regulate pricing in 3P and obviously like have unlimited supply to service all channels and sub channels, that's my wish. <laughs> It's <laughs> a good one. Shooting high. Um, thank you so much for coming on to talk on tech transformation. It's been really great having you here. Thank you so much for inviting me, Lisa. It's always a pleasure catching up with you. Likewise. Thanks for listening to Tech Transformation with CGT and RIS News. 
Be sure to subscribe to learn more innovative strategies and trends in the retail and consumer goods industries. And don't forget to visit rasnews.com and consumergoods.com to sign up for our newsletters. Oh, 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 o